BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited, with your hosts, Morgan Adsit and Rocco DeSangro. Welcome into a brand new edition of The Flock on Fox 45, presented by Sports Unlimited. We got Morgan Adsit, I'm Rocco DeSangro. Hello. And, uh, no Michael Jaffe today. I think he uh, we roasted him with the bean dip last week, and he decided <laughs> not to come back on the show. So, oh, that bean you know, dip. Maybe we'll get him back next week, Morgan. But he could have got... rubbed it in our faces, though. We'll get to the game yeah. in a little bit, but he picked the Chiefs. We did his, not. His prediction was right. Yep. We were both wrong. Yep. Listen, we'll own up to that, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot to tap into on this show. Uh, the Ravens finally hired an offensive coordinator uh, going to the college ranks like they did with their defensive coordinator we're talking Super Bowl and of course the O's today we don't even know when you're going to hear this podcast but today is the day that pitchers and catchers report to Sarasota so it's a big day for baseball players and teams and fans everywhere Uh, but first we're going to start with the biggest news of the week and that's the Ravens hiring Todd Munkin the OC and quarterbacks coach from Georgia Um, that's where he won back-to-back national championships and really helped Stetson Bennett I mean, right. Stetson a Bennett, mm-hmm. who would have thought that that dude was going to become a Heisman finalist, and he does it this year, and, and Munkin's leading the charge with that. I would argue at birth we should have known, because that's a <laughs> hella name. Stetson Bennett. It's a good name. The fourth? Good. Yes, I he believe is he fourth. is the fourth. IV. I yeah. think we're terrible. So it goes back. Yeah. 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 We, we, learned, <laughs> so bad. we learned 57 with the Super Bowl <laughs> we finally. We just called it 57. Ran out of fingers, but I figured it out. <laughs> L's 50. Okay. But yeah. yes, uh, Todd Munkin, a name that we had heard. We knew he was coming around for the interviews. Honestly, a name that I thought was dropping off, though, because if this was your number one guy and you really wanted him and you, I know a, a wide net was being casted was the quote John Harbaugh used. They interviewed 21 candidates, 14 for real, like multiple interviews coming in that they were serious about so it's over a dozen candidates for a job that a lot of people were lining up and wanting I just thought that if it was him it would have been announced sooner you know college football season's been over for some time so I do think they needed to see the how the rest of the league was kind of shaken out especially with the Eagles staffs if uh, Brian Johnson really was a name that the Ravens could have been interested in was he going to get the Eagles OC job when Steichen left for the Colts and that's how it's going to play out I don't think Eric Bieniemy was serious with the Ravens I could be wrong he might be with the commanders or he might just <laughs> stay put but not a name that was surprising. The timing, just thought if it, if it was him, maybe it was sooner. But they were doing their due diligence and, and looking around the league, and you can't fault them at that. This is a very important hire, and a very important hire for John Harbaugh, who is running out of coordinators to let go before eyes kind of point at him as far as what's wrong with this franchise when they're not in the playoffs. It's really seemed like a home run hire for the Ravens, especially from what former players, former NFL players, and former Ravens are saying. RG3 was like this guy could really tap into Lamar Jackson's skill set. And Des Bryant, he was like Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. He went as far as to say that these two could be all pros in Todd Munkin's offense uh, if everything goes smooth, it's smooth sailing. But a guy that was with them from the beginning, he got the first interview, then he goes and gets the second interview, and then they ultimately hire him. Um, it, I, think it's, I think it's a great hire. I think he's really going to tap into the passing game with this team and really kind of open up the offense and show people in Baltimore that, that this team – they can throw the ball, but I will say this, 
they still need weapons. Mm. Uh, it starts with Lamar Jackson, right. and then you, you got to either get a receiver in the draft, a really good, young, talented receiver, or you got to get a number one fringe number two receiver to kind of take the load off Bateman and Mark Andrews and, and give Lamar Jackson or whoever's going to be the quarterback this upcoming season some you know somebody else to throw the ball to. I think it is a great hire because it's a realistic hire. Uh, the styles that he does, the two tight end sets, how the run game is still heavy in the Georgia offense, but it opens up the passing game. It's kind of going back to 2019 where there's a lot of play action. <laughs> And that kind of went away, and that's what Lamar was so great at and what the offense was setting historic records for. The number one scoring offense had the number one overall seed heading into the playoffs. We know that didn't work out well. But the pass and the run have to go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other, and they open up so many things. And when you don't have said maybe those receivers or that talent downfield, when you have an even stronger running game or a quarterback that you have to honor his legs and be honest up front, it can open all that stuff up. And Georgia, I mean, stop me if this makes sense for the Ravens, but wasn't their number one receiver a tight end? So, hello, Mark <laughs> Andrews. So that's going to work out well. And he develops quarterbacks. I mean, he has spent multiple seasons in the NFL. I know everything in Cleveland didn't work out really well, but really good with the Bucks. Great with the Bucks when he was there with them. And yep. I think that this is something that if Lamar is here, which I don't know if he will be, but if he is here, no doubt that the offense is already going to be better because it's just going to change things up. It's going to be more complimentary, and it's not going to shy away from the things you do well from a talent standpoint, a scheme standpoint, and just getting more creative. Um, he is not that youthful, going to shake everything up higher, um, but that's okay, and I don't think that that has to be what it is. I think he's a proven guy that's been around both sides of the, from college to the NFL, and to have Georgia do, I know it's college football, it's a totally different beast, but to have the number one scoring offense and put up the, the yards, and you mentioned what yep. he did with Stetson, ben Stetson Bennett, I think that you know, sky could be the limit. It's it's the higher they needed, and I think they got the higher they wanted. I think there could have been five people that could have filled in this role, but I think he's here, and we'll see if he's here running a Lamar Jackson offense or not. I, I believe it was 40 points per game for Georgia, 500 yards per game, which is right. like those numbers are absolutely Huge. absurd. And I get, you know, college football is different from the pros, but in the NFL, while you said, you know, he didn't have success with the Browns, I think it was a six-win season for them, and they struggled, and then he got let go after that. Tampa Bay, they had the number one passing offense as far as yards go, I believe, in the league. And then the following year, 2019, he goes to the Browns, works with Baker Mayfield, and he had a career high in passing yards that season. So, I mean, that's big. It's not – yeah, they didn't – they weren't winning as many football games as they probably should have, but the Browns, they were a dumpster fire, and they still <laughs> are a dumpster fire. So that kind of speaks volumes to that. And the fact that he's working with Stetson Bennett, who's the same age as Lamar Jackson – that has to crazy? be, you know, <laughs> which is wild to me. Every time I see that stat, I kind of laugh. I'm like, this dude's 25 <laughs> and he's in college. But you know what? And not Good a doctor. And, <laughs> yeah. A doctorate in winning national championships. <laughs> yep. that's he's for got sure. two of them. So, I mean, that's big time. But I really think being able to go to the college ranks, work with kids, and then coming back to the pros and being able to kind of use that. You talked about the youthful kind of approach. I think that that can work because – at times we've seen you think you think Munkin's not he's you know he's not a young guy he he's not you know uh, Canales from the Seahawks he, he's not I, I don't know it's he's older he's older but he could have that youthful approach and I think that would be really good for the Ravens and especially like you said working with Brock Bowers working with those tight ends at Georgia and Brock Bowers being able to do what he did that's not Brock Bowers alone 
Munkin, what he was able to dial up, that really helped him out, uh, become one of the best tight ends in college football, if not the best tight end. So uh, hopefully Ravens fans are hoping that he can do the same with Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews. And the fact that he was a wide receivers coach before, that really helps as well. And I think that speaks volumes to this hire. Yeah, proven, you know, no doubt can't go wrong with this one. Um, And I think it says a lot, too, of it's a lateral move as far as position, but you don't know what his goals were. Maybe he wanted to be back in the NFL. Maybe that was always the goal and kind of went to Georgia, you know, after NFL things didn't work out. But to come after this job when there are so many question marks about the offense, I think says a lot. And I'm sorry, I don't think Lamar Jackson was in on a conference call with any of these interviews. So it will be interesting to see how this shakes out as far as will he have Lamar Jackson if he does have Lamar Jackson, when is Lamar Jackson reporting and when are they going over this? Because installing a new offense is not going to be easy. I don't think you can completely just shake everything up. And I think John Harbaugh alluded to that. They're always going to kind of be Ravens football. The offensive line is built for what they've had. So that's going to stay. They're running backs. They might go draft another one. You know, they got some question marks. They got some salary cap issues. But they've got their running backs in place for the screen. The screen should be huge in this offense. And I think J.K. Dobbins, even Justice Hill, if they can work something out with him, I think that those two guys um, are going to thrive in this offense. And and like you mentioned, the receivers aren't here yet, and we don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be here. So I don't think you're going to completely revolutionize this offense, but I think it's, it's going to be different, and it's going to have to be different because they made a change to make it different. And the big thing with Munkin, he reportedly had other offers to be an OC, and he, he turned – they yeah, turned the Bucks with, down again. Yeah, yeah where he's turned familiar. them down to be with John Harbaugh. So that's, I mean, that's big if you're bringing a guy in. And maybe that was the deal. Maybe he was waiting on them. Maybe he was he was deciding, and it wasn't the Ravens taking all this time. But I mean, people think it's a great hire. I think it's a solid hire. You know, you, you seem like you really think it's a solid hire too for the Ravens. And we kind of have to wait and see what happens and if the chips fall into place. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, so let's talk Super Bowl though, Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, just a wild finish. Oh, what a game. Yeah, it was a great game, but I don't want to say anticlimactic because it did it end totally on a game-winning was. field goal, but like to have that hold not hold whatever you want to call it I mean he held the guy but like if you have stripes on Mm -hmm. do you call it there because I think that's a play where I just let it fly and see what happens Casey kicks a field goal doesn't really affect the outcome of the game they go up three regardless and then Jalen Hurts gets a chance to kind of go to I don't think anyone would have complained about that call because Mahomes he overthrew Juju anyway right like it and I don't wild. even think he was wanting to go that way. I think he was looking off, looking off, looking off, and then that was there. Yeah. I personally feel bad for Eagles fans. I know what it's like to – we all do <laughs> as sports fans have our teams not win in whatever sport it is, and it's soul-crushing. You'd almost hope that they're not there than to go there and lose. But it, it, it was such a great game. Hand it off to the Chiefs. So I mean, you know they're a comeback team. They won in the fourth quarter, and the Eagles' defense didn't show up in the second half. That was what we talked them up all the week before, that we were picking the Eagles because of that defense. We know the offenses would be there. They could both do a shootout. Didn't think it would be the first to 38, but that was an incredible game. But that the defense didn't show up, and the Chiefs did what the Chiefs do. They have Mahomes. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Andy Reid. They're creative. They move. They use the whole entire field. They find open spaces. It's remarkable. 
they can have no named receivers or not true number ones and make them that way. And that's what's so great about that offense. I personally don't think you should call it, especially since you haven't been calling it all game. No, I can. Hasn't been agree. called all game. Yeah, it was just. That was just a, a terrible killer, such way. a killer. Yeah, and like there are people saying, "Oh, he held him," and then Bradbury's like, "I held him." He did. And I then, mean, it's there. Yeah, he it's definitely there, but you grabbed hadn't him. Called it. But like, come on, it really didn't affect the route. Like he kind of spun out of yeah. it, and he was. You could call holding on every ball. play if you wanted. Anyway, but then like a kind of this league moment. Did you see what happened yesterday, Valentine's Day? Juju Smith Schuster, he put down a meme. He's like, I'll always, it was, it was something like it was James Bradbury's face on a Valentine's Day card. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And it yes. said like, I'll always be there to hold you or something yes. like that. And then A.J. Brown responded. He called him TikTok boy, which I think is like <laughs> one of the funniest, like TikTok just boy. most brutal insults ever. He called him TikTok boy. <laughs> it's it's, like, it was something like, I will always hold you when it. <laughs> When, when it matters, matters the most, most or yes. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But yeah. It was, that was just some incredible stuff. But, I mean, I don't know. That was that was an unbelievable game, just anticlimactic, and I just hate the way it ended. But I would, you know. Yeah, I would have liked to see Eagles with the ball with a minute 40 left. Just to see. It could have been a field goal. could have gone to overtime. Exactly. could have been a game-winning drive. Nothing could have happened. Could have turned the ball over. Yeah. Exactly. I just it think just that game, been. that moment, deserved more than that ending. And I'll say this. Like, Patrick Mahomes – is I mean he's gonna go down as one of the greatest of all time and that's not breaking news like he's right. unbelievable at what he does um to be injured to be just kind of digging it out just it looked like the pain was grueling and there was a there was a point like right before halftime where you know you you knew that he was gonna come back on the field for the third quarter but it looked really bad yeah. and he was like an agonizing pain and he just kind of got up third quarter came out and uh the Eagles defense couldn't stop a nosebleed it was bad <laughs> yeah people people are almost telling like I saw Eagles fans on Twitter they're like oh the Arizona Cardinals are gonna hire Jonathan Gannon as their next head football oh, coach man. like take him yeah I'm like that's the guy that got you there though so I know I don't, I don't I don't know I was surprised that hire was going defense anyway I mean yeah. Kyler Murray in the off like whatever if you don't want an offensive minded person that's fine you think Kyler is like he even knows they hired him or do you think he's playing Call of Duty right now what's his what's his um Twitter does he have a picture up is he in black right now what's he doing I don't know I don't, we kind of haven't heard from him this offseason maybe because he spoke so much after he got paid yeah I didn't do much I'm not a Kyler Murray hater but I just think he just needs to do more but we're getting off topic oh here. my gosh we're all yeah, over the place we are all over the place let's talk about some other birds yeah we got the O's coming off one of the most exciting seasons in recent years for them uh, they have a young core just talent coming up through that number one farm system in all of baseball and it's an exciting time in Birdland. Uh, pitchers and catchers reported today, and that that's always like, it's like a hundred days until pitchers and catchers report. Right when right, right. when the season ends, it's like two hundred days yep. until this happens. So this is the day. Pitchers and catchers are reporting to Sarasota. Uh, they already have. I'm, I'm pretty sure like they're there right now, like as we speak. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So like they're they're like it's. I'm trying to use the right tense. Like they didn't. Re they have reported. They have reported. So um, first full workout for them is the. 21st correct me if I'm wrong correct for the yeah. O's yeah yep. so they got their With first everybody mm -hmm. and then you know the real fun begins so what are you most exciting for excited for this season Morgan you got you know Adley Rutschman we're gonna get a full season of him Gunnar right. Henderson you got a lot of really talented players coming up through the ranks the most obvious would be Grayson Rodriguez on the opening day roster I mean that's kind of the next prospect that everyone is looking for and a talent wise and someone that should have been up last year if it wasn't for injury yep. 
Um, and I've enjoyed covering him throughout his minor league journey. So that would be something I would be shocked if he's not on the opening day roster. He will not start opening day or home <laughs> opener. I don't think he'll have that pressure, but good to see him. The rotation just in general. I mean, this this went from I don't have enough talented people to have five in my rotation, I'm going to go a bullpen game. And that's not by strategy. It's because I don't have anyone, Brandon Hyde, to now. Mike Elias is saying there's 12 guys now at spring training competing for those five spots. And realistically speaking, three are probably gone, if my Grayson Rodriguez is correct. Cole Irvin, Kyle Gibson, for sure those two gone because of what they spent and dealt to bring them in in the offseason. John Means will not be ready until the summer, but you got to still be thinking about him later, especially if there's an injury or a poor performance later, if he is 100% able to go after surgery. And you've got Dean Kramer, who was lights out at the end of the season. Kyle Bradish, who's the talent that's going to be getting that look. you got Austin Voth, who they brought back, who, <laughs> who might be your long man in the bullpen, but he might be a starter. He's earned that right to at least look at it. D.L. Hall, is he going to be bullpen? Is that's, he going to finally yeah. get triggered to be a starter? A I mean, that's a talent right being waiting on. So I think just the fact that they might actually have a rotation in the AL East like the Rays, where you have grown these guys and maybe bought a couple of them to be kind of the best in the ALEs. I think that's exciting for the Orioles. Other than that, there's not really a lot of spots. It's just who's going to be a reserve. Who's your reserve outfielder competition? Who's your reserve infielder competition? Because you don't really have any of those spots open, which is also a very nice thing for the Orioles and their fan base to to see these guys come up. Gunnar Henderson at third will be cool. Got to see him at second, pretty flashy. <laughs> to see him at third every day will be really nice. And the guys that are coming up, like this is like, it's going to be a really fun spring training to watch, whether some of these guys make the roster or not, just to be able to watch the Jackson holidays, just right. to be able to watch, uh, you know, Gunnar Henderson's a shoe in he's mm-hmm. making it. But Colton Kouser, you're thinking of um, just like the guys that they have in this farm system coming up, like, I can't think of every, every single person's name well, right now. Well, it's crowded, it's, right? It's you, so crowded right now. You have Heston Kerstad, yep. who's like who's been killing it um, for them. So it's like there, there's a lot of, like, really good, talented pieces that you look at this team, it's like, is it a problem that they have too much talent right now in the farm system? Because where are they going to put some of these yeah. guys? And it's like... I guess we'll have to wait and see like what happens in the outfield, in the infield. Pitching pitching seems like it's taken care of right now, but you're you're gonna have guys come up and just, you know, they're gonna they're gonna break the roster. So And that's when you start to look too, like how competitive are they gonna be? I mean, they still are in the AL East, which which is worrisome to me for the fan base and for this rebuild. You're never gonna spend like Boston and New York. You hope that you groom and draft as well as the Rays have done, and even Toronto's kind of really changed its tune as well. But you just hope that to win in baseball, you have to win your division and, and you have to be competitive in your division. And that, that's the only thing about this rebuild that could stub its toe is it's just too hard to catch up to the big guys. But I really think that the way it's been going and how they played last year and they're so young and they're so cheap right now as well, that this kind of all works out in their favor to at least be competitive and be in playoff contention this year. I hate to put you on the spot, but yeah. I'll give you my answer as well. With this team, with the talent that they have – and just with these guys coming up, at what point are we thinking like, okay, they can legitimately contend in the playoffs and compete for a World Series? I know it's not going to be this World year. World Series, yeah. I know it's not going to be this year, but like, are we giving them like a three to five year window to get there? Because I don't think that's unrealistic yeah. with the young talent that they have and what they're expected to be. Like, 
scouts are saying like Gunnar Henderson could potentially win an AL Silver Slugger mm-hmm. award or he could be like an MVP in the future. Like that's how good this dude really is. And we saw flashes last year, but like if he lives up to the hype, if Adley lives up to the hype, if Jackson Holiday comes up and he, you know, he continues to build muscle, put on some weight cuz he's just fresh out of college right now. Like this is an 18-year-old kid coming up mm-hmm. through the ranks. Um if if he's what he's supposed to be is a number 1 overall pick in the MLB draft, like this team can make some noise. Team can th- make a lot of noise. I think if they stay healthy and they are winning this season and in the playoff contention, whether it's wild card, kind of chasing how how last season was. I mean, they they kept us into it until the final month. If that is Just even rare. better this year, yeah, haven't seen that in six years. If that is even better this year, which you anticipate it being better because of the talent pool and more seasons under everyone's belt, as long as they can stay healthy and as long as the pitching does what we think it's going to do then, yeah, I think it's a two- to three-year window. I mean, look at the blueprint of Houston and Mike Elias and what he did with the Astros. I mean, that worked out exactly like it's kind of starting to play out now. I don't know if it's going to be like that, where we're talking World Series every year or every few years. That's a, that's a lot. But if you're in playoff contention, you're giving yourself an opportunity. And that's something that we have not been able to talk about with the Orioles for a very it's, long time. It's exciting, Morgan. It really is. I'm, I'm pumped to kind of cover the team my first full season like here and covering the team right. this year like it's it's really exciting I can't even imagine how the fans feel right now with this right around the corner um Orioles I mean with the lowest payroll in baseball they're gonna have to eventually you would assume just open up the checkbooks and pay some of these guys or you might run into something like the Nationals maybe where yeah. you gotta let some people go when and young, you're not gonna yeah. pay them and you win the World Series but like at what cost so I mean that is far down the line but it's it's something to talk about and think about uh for the future but yeah baseball's here baseball's here in full swing um we're gonna see what happens with Lamar Jackson in the next month yeah a week from well it was a week from again this is Wednesday the 15th yeah. that we're recording this so in six days the tag window opens i don't know if they'll jump at it like oh we franchise tagged him on february 21st i mean the window is the seventh for the deadline but it's it's going that route but it's such a long journey after that it can go all the way into the summer watch them get a deal done beforehand like this city would lose its mind i just i go back to i just don't have the confidence in it if it hasn't happened already i I don't know i don't think he's moving and i don't know how much more the ravens can move We will have to wait and see, Morgan. Yep. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Well, that is it for another episode of The Flock on Fox 45 presented by Sports Unlimited. For Morgan Adsit, I'm Rocco DeSangro. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to The Flock on Fox 45 podcast presented by Sports Unlimited. Stay up to date on the latest Ravens coverage. Check the Sports Unlimited tab on foxbaltimore.com.